0: Between the Bites, IT News and Cyber Updates. My name is Gary Arnold. I am joined today by James Fair, Senior VP at Executech. James, how are you today? Doing fantastic, Gary. Thanks for the invite, as always. Of course. We're always glad you can join us, offer your expertise. Today, we'll jump right in and talk about our topic that we have sort of alluded to, a buildup to this, which is IT roadmaps. Now, we recently did a webinar and had some guests on discussing budgeting and IT budgeting and things like that. And we figured that this would be a great segue or add-on to that discussion as IT roadmaps can inform a lot about a company strategy. That, of course, includes budgeting budgets, because it is certainly budgeting season. So take us to a high level, James, and tell us what an IT roadmap is and what it isn't.
1: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So first off, what it isn't, a lot of people will think of, especially IT companies that would produce software, will think of this as their product cycle. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about as your IT outsourced company, and we work with you What does the future look like for you in terms of security, in terms of equipment, growth? What are we gonna look at possibly replacing due to age of equipment or computers? And then projecting some of that into the future, creating maybe some timelines and some costs around that so that we can have a budget for it moving forward. That's the high level version.
0: Love it. We'll probably break it down a bit more. And I have kind of some rapid fire, just one-on-one questions. Who should be involved with the creation of an IT roadmap?
1: Well, decision makers obviously need to be part of it. We want someone who can, who can make the decisions. Your IT staff would be a good part, of course. <laughs> Typically, we have a point of contact who may or may not be a decision maker involved as well. And then we frequently want to include department heads as they will all have different perspectives, different needs, and we want to make sure those are addressed or at least considered in the discussion.
0: And you alluded to this, but I do want to take it one step deeper. Why create an IT roadmap? What are sort of the benefits of it? What should you hope to accomplish by having made one? Well...
1: Preferably, we want no surprises in the future whenever possible. Many companies will run off the fact that IT just continues to run until something breaks, and then we have the sudden cost and downtime that we have to replace things. So we'd prefer to take a bit more of a proactive approach where possible. Now, some things, you know, the company may choose to wait until it breaks and then replace it. But some things, particularly servers, workstations, those kind of things, we want to try to get ahead of the downtime. We want to, you know, hey, that's it's four to five years old, five to six years old, whatever it is, whatever their age cycle is, and replace those ahead of time. So that's a big part of it. We want to do some future planning and kind of get everybody involved in that future plan. And then security is a big part of this. We want to make sure we're laying around security as much as possible, right? So we are looking at things down the road that could help us and the company we're working with be even more secure, be even less prone to attacks. That's really what we're after
0: let's maybe walk through some of the steps you would take in creating an IT roadmap. Assuming you've assembled the correct team, as you said, of stakeholders, IT folks, and decision makers. My assumption would be that before you even start thinking about the future, you need to have a good inventory of your current state of affairs when it comes to your network and technology. What do you recommend is a good way to approach that. I think a lot of companies often don't know what they don't know when it comes to their technology. They may not know every little device that happens to be on their network. They may have forgotten about the thing that got installed three years ago or whatever. And does that also need to include software? And so how would you go about accounting for that? And what are some other things you would account for?
1: Yeah, the hope is that prior to that meeting, we have a fairly good accounting of all of the hardware, all the software, or at least the vast majority of it, certainly printers, phones, anything technology related that may need to be replaced in the coming year or years should certainly be on the table. We'd like to know the age of things, the current resource usage, things like is the IT need increasing or decreasing? Is space consumption in whatever storage method we're using, is it also increasing and at what rate? So we can put some reasonable predictions around those things and make some logical guesses as to where we need to be in the future.
0: I assume, and maybe this is a poor assumption, but I assume most IT departments or certainly IT providers are already equipped to find out those types of information. But what if you're a small business that doesn't have a dedicated in-house IT resource? Would you need to maybe get help? How would you go about finding about kind of those nooks and crannies of your technology?
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's not your expertise, I would certainly recommend bringing in someone. It's worth taking a snapshot to see where you are, where you stand, so you get an idea. And again, we're trying to avoid those sudden surprises of downtime and costs and the things we can't predict. So- If you don't have the resources yourself, I would certainly encourage a company to bring someone else in who's experienced at that. Many of the IT outsource folks have scanning tools, have network kind of crawlers that go out and figure out what resources are there. And from there, we can go ascertain ages of things and things like that, figure out the logins to them. And if nothing else, you'd be getting a nice, good picture of where you stand currently. And are there pieces of equipment that you may not be aware of that could be a potential point of failure in the future? So, yeah, it's definitely recommended to do at least annually, I would recommend, certainly. Some larger companies may do it quarterly or even semi-annually, but at least annually.
0: As you mentioned, an IT roadmap is not a product roadmap, especially when it comes to a traditional, you know, SaaS app deliverable. However, are there considerations that a business should integrate into their IT roadmap that are Rider reaching for example does the product roadmap impact the it roadmap and vice versa and what would that kind of look like
1: there's a lot of you know variables to this if you're a production company that's producing software then it needs may certainly increase as the software company's needs increase. So if you need 10 more developers, you're gonna need 10 more computers. And then do we have the space to store that information? And uh, where are we gonna put their backup files? Will that increase the size of the backups? So what's that cost look like? Do we need any more network bandwidth? Are we going to hire more people working from home and therefore possibly need more internet bandwidth? Do we need to bump up the server that they connect to? Should we consider moving to the cloud at some point because we have so many people in-house or outside of the company that are also trying to work? Those are all points that we want to evaluate as well.
0: I mean, it sounds like an IT roadmap, while we certainly want to include certain aspects, certain considerations, it is very customized and very unique based on each company's goals, direction, and current status.
1: Yeah, and budget, growth patterns. Yeah, it, it's very unique. I'd love to just come up with a template and say this works for everyone, but that's just that's never going to be the case. It's going to be individualized. It's going to be really based on what is comfortable for them, what fits within the budget, what makes sense as far as security goes, and the future for them themselves. If they're going to be doing servers online, then that certainly will increase the footprint for that. If they're going to do work from home, then maybe we stop looking at infrastructure inside the office and start looking at ways to
0: connect safer and more securely. So
1: very unique. Absolutely. Well said.
0: I I have a suspicion on this question and what the answer may be, and this may be putting you a little on the spot, but is there a common theme or a common item that is overlooked at most companies when it comes to IT specifically, whether they're in growth mode or they're in whatever, they forget about X thing what would it be what would you say is a common
1: thing <laughs> yeah. oh there's probably a couple of those certainly i mean one of the things we, we tend to forget about are printers and phones right and i'll be honest they're some of the least favorite parts of it because no one seems to love their printers and no one loves their phones but those are considerations yeah, that must that must be taken into account a few others Security. Typically in the in SMB space, it's kind of a last minute and last, you know, a last thought. People don't necessarily want to spend money on an insurance policy that may never come to fruition, but at the same time, no one wants to be attacked. So security and how to implement that are often overlooked as well as a lot of the compliance regulations. Many companies want to take credit cards, for instance, but few will look at their PCI compliance level or the ramifications for not being in compliance or the potential fallout in the event of an attack. So we would also, we've talked about this before, some incident response plans. I would encourage people to look at breach policies, right? Every employee should know what to do in the event of a suspected attack so that we can notify the right people as quickly as possible to try to get something stopped if there is one.
0: Yeah, great callback, because we have gone deeper on an incident response plan, and we can link to that in the show notes about what that looks like and what you should include in an incident response plan. Speaking of all of those things, how formal should your IT roadmap be? Is a one-page Word doc sufficient, or should it be a bit more fleshed out and detailed?
1: Uh, Again, it's going to be probably customized to the need. I I would say be flexible with it. It should be a living document, not not something set in stone like, oh, we have to do this on the third of the month because this is coming up, but rather a suspected predicted future for that company and for that company's IT needs. Technologies change every day. What we predict today may be irrelevant six months or sometimes even six weeks from now. Mm -hmm. So, We also want to maintain some flexibility to it you know, it gives us an idea and certainly some guideposts, but I would be careful about being stringent to it, be willing to be flexible. As far as the detail on it, I, re- I really believe that's probably going to be based on the complexity of the environment. Uh, certainly a larger organization or a more complex medium-sized organization can require far more detail and more of a detailed plan necessarily than would a small business with four people in a wood shop don't necessarily need nearly as much detail as a software company with 20
0: developers. Yeah that makes sense and kind of along those lines again i think the answer is to be flexible but is there a time frame that your it roadmap should be outlined obviously as you said technology is changing so rapidly so it is hard but should i be planning for 18 months from now is when my licenses will expire so i should be planning that far in advance or is there a time frame you would recommend there
1: Uh, Certainly at least the next year. We want a good idea of what we want to accomplish next year. And then I would certainly include anything that we know the age of. If you have this licenses expiring, then yeah. Or if you use a particular software package and we know that software package needs to be upgraded every two years, then you want to include that in that roadmap because those things tend to be forgotten, right? If I'm a company I'm running on version 2018 of my accounting software, I may forget that come 2022, that software vendor may say, sorry, that product is no longer supported. So we kind of want to get ahead of that, keep that in mind, get some idea of what that may look like. And, and again, some of this is a little bit of a crystal ball in some cases, trying to guess what that vendor may need as far as resources go. But there are certainly trends. We can see everyone's going to subscription base. We can see everyone's moving to the cloud. So we can make some pretty accurate guesses as to what the future will look like.
0: I wanna take us back a couple points that we were making. You you know, you brought up compliance, which I think is a, a great reminder. Basically, every business doing business has some kind of compliance that they need to meet. I think a lot of business owners find it very easy to brush that aside or say, no, it doesn't really apply to us, but they would be surprised. (laughs) And you don't want to be caught unprepared and surprised when it comes to compliance. I think that's a great consideration. and just want to plug that again as something to consider in your IT roadmap and goal in general.
1: I do want to point out a couple illustrations, like just super quickly, if I may, the the credit card thing is, is a big deal. Most every single company wants to take credit cards. But when you look at the requirements in truth to do so, the compliance regulations, I've been with a company who chose not to. They took credit cards like only two or three times a month. And after we went through the long and stringent process required to be compliant, they actually said, forget it. Please tell our three clients that send us credit cards, we're just gonna take checks from now on, we're not doing this. So I have a lot of companies that we'd go do assessments for and they will say, well, we don't need to be PCI compliant because we use a website to enter the credit card information. Unfortunately, that's also not true. You have an employee who is taking the credit cards. That information is being stored on a computer. That packet of data is leaving the computer, going across the network, and going out to the internet. So it's rare to come across someone who's taking credit cards that actually doesn't need to be compliant. You can just pretty much assume that if you're taking credit cards, you need to be. And if you're not already, you should figure out what that looks like and and how big of a pain cost point that is
0: for you. Great point. I want to even go kind of further down that path and kind of back on the cybersecurity point that you were bringing up. You mentioned specifically cyber insurance, which I think, as you mentioned, maybe a lot of businesses aren't quite ready to think about that yet. But we do want to bring that top of mind, a small plug for by the end of the year we're going to be hosting another webinar to discuss cyber insurance and all of its ins and outs and nuances so small plug there you'll see that coming. But I wanted to bring out more of the cyber discussion. You mentioned cybersecurity should be a large part of your IT roadmap. But tell us about what specifically should I be including in my cybersecurity subcategory for my plans for next year? What does that look like?
1: Sure. Compliance, as we mentioned, certainly is, is top of the list for me. And then some of the basics, right? Antivirus. Antivirus on our workstations. Antivirus on our servers. You know, Anywhere we have data stored, we want to make sure we've got at least antivirus, if not also anti-ransomware. There are anti ransomware products out there now. And I want to strongly encourage everyone to look at putting that software anywhere critical data is stored and anywhere money is handled, any accounting firm, that kind of thing. You also want to consider, we call it segmenting, kind of separating your network into logical pieces and taking the money handlers out of that, taking the folks that are making the big decision makers out of that so that. If any one area gets attacked, it should create some barriers between that area and the others, particularly if you have servers on the back end. You want them on a separate segment as well, trying to you know, just limit the scope and the amount of access attackers will have should they happen to get into you. Did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, and I do want to follow up, and I know that we don't need to say specifics per se, but I'm a small business owner. This goes back again to our webinar, and I encourage our listeners to go back and watch the recording of our budgeting webinar. But business owners may be hesitant to add additional costs for cybersecurity protection measures, but it's not as bad as I think they think it is. Maybe we don't need to share specifics, but is there a range that they should be expecting to spend that may not be a ton extra, but like you need to plan on spending $500, $1,000 extra a month to get the bare minimum of cyber protection?
1: Yeah. That's a tough one. The complexity of the network is going to make a a huge difference on that. The number of money handlers, the number of places critical data is stored. I think your range of, you know, 500 to a thousand is certainly a good starting point because you've also got firewalls. And then you want to create some policies. So not necessarily direct budget cost, but labor resources need to be involved in making sure that you're compliant and that you're tracking your compliance. Do you have a badge system? So when guests come to visit your environment, are they wearing a visitor badge? So you need some kind of tracking system for people coming in and out. How often does a firewall need to be replaced? Does the firewall have subscriptions on it that need to be renewed annually? That's just kind of barely getting started, but I would do that as a bare minimum, certainly.
0: Great advice. I will go on our usual plug because we're renaming the podcast, the multi-factor authentication podcast, a free thing (laughs) that you can do at your company to improve your security. And you should add to your IT roadmap for next week is turning on enabling multi-factor authentication on all of your accounts. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, just had to throw that one in there. Every time we bring up I Cyber, we're going to bring that up now until everyone in the world's got it.
1: Uh, that's great. Yep, please do. Everyone else is moving that way anyway.
0: Yeah, you, you got to have it great. As we're wrapping up a couple just other wrap up questions here about I.T. Roadmaps Again, James, I think this has been very helpful. This kind of helps, I think, set the stage for what they need to think about and why uh, it is important. When is a good time to create an I.T. Roadmap? Certainly, it would depend on the company's calendar,
1: right? Are they going off a fiscal calendar, so we need to start in September, or is this something we're doing on the calendar year, so we need to make sure we're doing this in December? Many companies, I see them begin to do this in early December. I would recommend starting early because the roadmap could take a little while. You may need to assess your equipment and software position, as you mentioned, uh, so, and it may take you a little while to find all the resources and gather all that information and make some predictions. So I would say a month to two, maybe or as early as three months before you actually
0: need to have it out and ready to go. Yeah, it makes sense. And I guess in short, might as well start now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now's a good time. You're in October. Now would be a great time <laughs> for sure. Thank you, James. I I don't have any other additional questions, but do you have any other takeaways that you want to leave for our audience? Any other closing thoughts around IT roadmaps and planning?
1: This is just, it's an important part and an often overlooked one that most companies will not take the time to do, at least in the SMB space that we've seen. So I would encourage everyone to really take the time, if it's not with us, you know, with your own internal team, figure out where you want to go and Also, this is part of the incident response plan. I don't mean to speak to that again, but consider your points of failure, consider your points of downtime and how long could you be down? How long could you afford to be down? Do you want to be down that long? Is it worth investing some costs in, you know, like the age of your servers? Some companies will just wait until it breaks and then have it replaced, but rather than doing that, you can get ahead of it. We know that the age of most equipment is, you know, three to five years. So at five years, you should be considering, do we need to replace this because it's going to cost us a lot more if we wait until some unpredictable time when it goes down, or if it's at payroll day, or if it's at budgeting time, these things don't tend to fall at the most convenient times, but the least. So I want to encourage everyone to really consider this, write some timelines down, Create some security layers. As Gary said, if you're not familiar with cybersecurity or the kind of protection required for your environment or what you should look at for the future, bring somebody in just to do a quick assessment. It won't cost you that much and it can really change the landscape for you moving forward as far as your attackability. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Gary.
0: Thank you, James. Great closing thoughts. Again, I'll I'll recommend to our audience in general to check out our recording of our IT budgeting webinar that goes into more depth around a lot of these topics. And as always, if you need help, if you feel a little lost and feel a little overwhelmed with this IT roadmap process, as important as it is, reach out. Executech, we do this on the regular with our clients. It's something that helps us and helps them. And of course getting cyber protection is, is a large part of that. It's a huge priority right now as we see how relevant it is in today's age. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and thank you again, James, for joining me.
1: Always a pleasure. Take care, everyone.